What's up, guys? Before we get into the show, as promised, Tory Pines swag giveaway. There is a link in the description of this podcast. Click it, follow it, and you will be entered to win some Ralph Lauren polos right from the Tory Pines gift shop. My thanks to you for being loyal listeners. All right, let's get into the show. You are listening to The Riding, NFL DFS podcast with Pat James. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Farmers Insurance Open Edition of The Riding, DFS, and Betting podcast. Heartbreaking weekend for me. Um, had a massive massive single game parlay that was going to pay four figures and all it needed was four more yards from Tyler Johnson who got hurt and didn't play on the Buccaneers like last three series I mean God only knows if he would have gotten a target a catch in four yards but I think, it, you know, the odds were in his favor since at that point he had already had like six targets in the game, I think. Uh, crusher. Then the next week, excuse me, the next night, you guys know, I think if you've been listening to the podcast that I am a Buffalo Bills fan, I was at the greatest comeback in NFL history when I was seven years old in Orchard Park. Down 38-3, come back beat the Oilers, go on to the Super Bowl. Diehard Bills fan. So, last night was tough to swallow as well. Not to mention my card, betting card, for the Amex was not great. Um, I hit my the bet that I had the most units on, and that was Christian Bezenhut to be the top South African. I thought that was, put that on my card, Tweeted that one out. I thought that was like, I mean, he was minus 110 in most spots. Even money some places. Uh, And all he had to do was really outlast Dylan Fratelli because the other two South Africans, uh, Vanderwalt and Dupree's, were, you know, not really going to contend in this tournament. They both almost finished dead last. Um, And, you know, Fratelli didn't even make the cut either. So we kind of knew halfway through the tournament that that, that one was going to cash. But, um, you know, after hitting Cam Smith at the Century and after almost hitting Russell Henley at the Sony, the Amex did not produce a sweat. Um, it, you know, that'll happen. Uh, that's, just, that's just the nature of handicapping. I did not handicap that event well. Uh, the guys that I thought were going to play well did not. I mean, right from the start. I, I, I didn't even have a sweat after, like, Thursday. Gooch and Wolf just immediately ejected. So at least it wasn't a heartbreaking loss like Henley. Like I was already counting the Henley dollars at the Sony. And he ended up coughing that one up. Nonetheless, we are here. We're going to do it again. The Farmer's Insurance Open. So Tory Pines. They play the South Course three days. They play the North Course one day, right? So on Thursday and Friday, they're going to play either the South, then then they'll flip-flop and play the North. For showdown, you probably want 
to stack north course guys uh, on each day. It's much easier. The north course at Tory is kind of the public player's course. So if you go to Tory and play, you could play either. Um, but, you know, when Tom, when Tom Weisskopf redesigned Tory Pines North, he kind of had the, the amateur golfer, the public player in mind. So, as you, you know, as you can expect, the pros will eat that course alive. And then if they struggle, it'll most likely be on Tory South, which is 7,700 plus yards, small greens, rough can get pretty high. And, you know, there's some there's some long holes, right? You have to be a pretty uh, long driver of the golf ball. It's a it's a huge advantage to to drive the to be a good driver, to have some length off the tee. So what we're going to see here at Torrey, let's talk about the model a little bit, what I baked into it. Um, So the approach numbers from 175 to 200 and from 200 plus. Uh, are very, very correlative. If you're a good long iron hitter, you probably will play well here at Torrey. Uh, there, we've seen some good par 5 scores win. Um, we've seen guys that are pretty good around the greens win. Guys with an all-around game, really. Uh, like I mentioned, the driving distance. But the around the green game matters because when you have small greens like this, if you're not sticking it to 10 feet, then you're probably going to be in a little bit of trouble around the greens, going to have to get up and down, tread water uh, in between making your birdies. The par 4 hole distance of 450 to 500 yards pops up a lot. Uh, I believe a third of the holes on Torrey are par 4s between that distance. Um, I also looked at a little bit of course history, uh, looked at long courses, difficult courses, right? So guys that uh, play long, difficult courses well have had a history of gaining strokes on long, difficult courses. I looked at as well. Okay, so the model top 10. Right off the bat, John Rahm, Justin Thomas, Maverick McNeely comes in at third. Bryson is fourth. Luke List uh, was a surprise there. At fifth, Berger is sixth, Hideki is seventh, Gooch is eighth, Finau is ninth, and Will Zalatoris is tenth. So that is the model top ten. I put a tweet out on Sunday, and I said, I want to see the numbers on these guys. And I've already bet, I was right uh, in in surmising that I was going to want to bet these guys at the numbers that they were originally posted at. Um, They were... Will Zalatoris, uh, he came out on DraftKings 40 to 1 on Monday morning, scooped him up quick. Uh, I also scooped up Maverick McNeely on FanDuel at 70 to 1, and I scooped up Max Homa on DraftKings at 80 to 1. Additionally, I was not ready to see Brooks at 40 to 1, picked him up as well. So my card was basically in almost set in stone immediately. So I have two 40s, a 70, and 80. What, I, what I'm probably going to do is I'm probably going to decide between one of the guys in the 20s. Um, I'm really feeling Tony Finau this week. Uh, if not Finau, then potentially a Berger or even Bryson DeChambeau, right? I, I'm going to add, I have two 40s, a 70, and an 80. I'm going to add one of those 20, around 20, between 20 and 30 to 1. Guys, I'm not 100% sure. I have to do a little bit more digging there, obviously, the final betting card with all my place bets, um, you know, 
if I have some nationality bets or whatever, they'll be on the card with the model top 10 and with the outrights. But Will Z, Brooks, Homa, McNeely already on the card. Uh, so let's talk about, uh, let's get into DraftKings here because, you know, at the top of the board, I think things are going to be, you know, there's enough studs here that I think you're not going to have to worry too much about ownership and you're just going to have to, you know, play your guys, so to speak. So right now, I'm very interested in Justin Thomas and I'll tell you why. Like I mentioned, you have to hit the ball far. JT does that. Here's where he pops also though. Long, difficult courses. He's fourth in strokes gained on long, difficult courses. He's first in the par four distances, 450 to 500. He can get up and down. He's pretty good around the greens. Uh, over the last 24 rounds, he's second in opportunities gained, fourth in strokes gained approach. I mean, he came in fifth, I believe, at the tournament champions. I think he's going to go overlooked here. I mean, you have Rom right there. Uh, you have a Bryson, Dustin. Like, there's a bunch of guys there, and I think ownership will be spread out. So I think I'm going to be heavy on JT on DraftKings. Uh, that could prove to be a fatal error, but I really do like JT this week in terms of the way the stats map out. He's played um, the Farmers. He's played a Tory okay. Uh, you know, he, he has a decent history here. So, I mean, really, I mean, the long irons are there. He's He's inside of the top 10 for... The long irons. There's really not a blemish, aside from, you know, maybe his his recent putting struggles. So I like JT at the top. I also like Hideki, and I think I wonder if there's not going to be a ton of people on Hideki because of the fact that he won, and you know a lot of people think well he's not going to win two tournaments in a row or at least the two tournaments in a row that he's played. But man, does he rate out well. The long irons are there. He's, a, he's long enough off the tee. Uh, he's played Tory well in the past. He's solid on approach. His opportunities gained is eighth right now in the last 24 rounds. Short game has been really good. And, you know, he's fifth in strokes gained uh, on long, difficult courses. I think I like Hideki from that range as well. Listen, Finau's course history can't be overlooked here at Torrey. He's second in average strokes gained. I know he didn't play great last week. Um, he was looking really good, kind of fell back. I believe it was on Friday. He did get a bad draw, though. Um, but another one, really good around the greens, really good on long, difficult courses. Uh, his driving distance is there. He's a good par-5 scorer. He is inside the top eh, 10% in this field for his 175 to 120 approach and his 20, excuse me, his 200 yard plus approach. I think Tony shapes up well here, especially now if, if he didn't have a great history here at Tory, if he didn't like Tory and play Tory well, I, you know, these numbers probably wouldn't stand out to me. Um, you know, like 20th in proximity 200 plus, 28th in proximity 175 to 200. However, his history, coupled with the fact that these numbers statistically are good enough, 
I like Tony. I like his number too, 25 to 1 in some spots. I've seen 27, 28. Um, so basically what I'm going to do is, you know, I mentioned I like I like Finau. I like Deschambault. I don't, I actually think that's the first time I've ever called him Deschambault and not Bryson without saying his first name first. That was very strange. I'm not sure why I said that. <clears throat> anyway. So between those guys, maybe Berger, we'll see who I take from the top of the board. I'm going to take one guy from the top of the board since my other four are 40 or lower. For sure. All right, so now let's talk about some guys that I like for DraftKings in the different salary tiers. Luke List. We mentioned he was fifth in the model. He really popped out. To me, um, his long irons are always solid. He plays the long, tough course as well. And he's, you know, he gains tons of strokes off the tee. Uh, his game suits Tory solidly. Uh, I think, you know, if you just look at his last 24 rounds, par 5 scoring's off the charts. His, his, his long irons are off the charts. His strokes gained off the tee are off the charts. Plays those long, difficult courses as well. I think Luke List shapes up well. For that eight, that middle range, that eight K range, he should have uh, some success this week. Will Z mentioned Will Z as an outright. Obviously, that means that I think he is going to fare well here. There are not many guys that I would call upon if I needed a ball stuck to five feet from two hundred plus. Uh, Will Zalatoris is one hundred percent. One of the guys that I would definitely, I'm trying to think, if I had five guys that I could choose from 200 plus, Bryson would be one because, you know, he just hits the ball so far with his mid-range, you know, he's going to get that apex height on like a an 8-iron or a 7-iron and just plop it down. Rom, Zalatoris, JT. Sung Jay hits the long irons really well. Those would probably be my five, but Zelatoris is definitely right up there in terms of those long irons. He has some, I believe, yeah, it was last year at the Farmers, we hit a top 10 on Will Z. Uh, he was relatively unknown a year ago at this time. Uh, you know, not as well known as he is right now, at least. Uh, one guy that I think I'm going to shy away from, and I'm I'm kind of skipping all over the place here, but as I think about it, I will mention them. Tom Hoagie, right? Have bet Tom Hoagie a lot for first-round leader. You guys know I'm a big fan of Tom Hoagie. Call him affectionately the cheesesteak Hoagie. Where I'm from, you know, my birthplace, very near to Scranton, Pennsylvania, we call those long sandwiches hoagies. They're not subs. They're not submarines. They're not heroes. They're not grinders. They're hoagies. Hoagies and grinders, navy beans, navy beans, meatloaf sandwich, sloppy joe. Adam Sandler there for you. Love Tom Hoagie. I think his distance hurts him this week. And I think a lot of people are going to be on him because, like, you know, his approach numbers are really good. Um, his opportunities gained have looked really good. Obviously, he's had some nice finishes, played awesome last week. I think the fact that, number one, I think the fact that he's not long off the tee, and number two, the fact that he is 
not good around the greens. So if he's not sticking his irons, his long irons this week, he's going to have a tough time getting up and down. Historically, doesn't play long course as well. So I think Hoagie's in trouble. I'm probably not going to have much of him, especially if I think people are going to gravitate towards him since he is trending upward. From there, Ryan Palmer has stuck out to me. Right, Another very good driver of the golf ball. Hits the ball long. Uh, his course history here is solid. His long irons are good. He'd, he'd probably be number six, seven, or eight if I had to choose a long iron player. Uh, Ryan Palmer hits his his you know his five iron, his six iron really well. Um, is very accurate with his long irons. So I like Ryan Palmer. Another guy that I think is interesting is Mito Pereira. Mito is you know another relatively. Unknown. He popped up a little bit last year on tour, uh, but his irons have been just on fire. Um, Corn Fairy guy, but in this swing season, he started to play. You know, he popped up. He played a few tour events last year, uh, but in the swing season, he had a couple top thirties. So, pretty solid showing from him. He's trending in the right direction. I do like Mito. He's he plays well from that four fifty to five hundred distance and. Um, he hits the ball long enough to the point where I don't think it's going to be a huge disadvantage for him, right? He's middle of the pack. And guys that don't hit the ball long have won here before, but if that's the case, so if you're taking, if you're playing a DraftKings play or, you know, betting an outright top 10, et cetera, and it's not someone who is at least in like the top third of driving distance, then that player has to be good with their long irons and they have to be good around the greens. So I'm trying to just think here, like, for example, I don't know, Doc Redman, right? Uh, just when I think of Doc Redman, I think, you know, notoriously not great around the greens and doesn't hit the ball real far. So he's probably not going to fare well here at Tory. Some of the other players I'll probably have interest in Carlos, Carlos Ortiz popped out to me. He's been pretty solid uh, in opportunities gained. And anytime there's small greens, I like to put a little bit more emphasis on opportunities gained rather than approach because opportunities gained is obviously they have a birdie putt from 15 feet or closer. It's meaning they're, they're sticking it close. It's not just, you know, they're gaining strokes by hitting the green. They are pretty dialed. Um, so Carlos Ortiz is pretty dialed as of late. Obviously, Mark Leishman has good history here. Um, he's expensive, and his his number in the outright market is is really short. Um, I feel like he, that's one of those guys that, you know, when the tournament's over, we're gonna say, man, why didn't we look at Mark Mark Leishman? Um, it's because he's like nine k on DraftKings, right next to some better golfers, and also is like next to Finau, Bryson in the outright market. Um, and like 15 points clear of Brooks. Like that's tough to tough to bet Mark Leishman when all those other guys are sitting in the same neighborhood as him. Um, Aaron Wise pops in the model. You know, he's been okay. Um, another guy who is pretty solid, opportunities gained. Uh, he's a good par five scorer, and it pops from that 450 to 500 yard range. Patrick Rogers, I have some some interest in. He has a previous top 10 here. He's good with his long irons. 
He's gaining strokes off the tee. He's a pretty good putter. Plays long course as well. Decent around the greens. I think Patrick Rogers. I think he has a chance at the first round leader. And I think he has a chance to finish decently high here at Torrey. I think he'll be, he'll probably be, and I'm not a Patrick Rogers guy. I don't normally have much of him, but I think he suits this course fairly well. From there, I think, you know, I'm just going to spread my percentages around. I don't have too many flag plants in the 6K. Like last week, man, last week, that was one thing I'm going to pat myself on the back for. Last week, who was it? Oh, it was Roger Sloan. I said, if you're going to play studs from the top and you absolutely need a bottom of the barrel 6K punt to just jam in your lineup to get to those guys, get in Roger Sloan. And he ended up finishing really high. So, you know, if we can, if we can take something out of a bad week, let's take that out of the bad week. Uh, some other guys, Cam Davis, very interesting. Obviously, if, if when driver is in play, he's a pretty good driver. Opportunities gain numbers are are okay uh, in his last 24 rounds. That's about it. I'll be honest with you. Um, I do want to look at some some narratives, right? So some statistical narratives. We'll keep it stats. So let's take a look at if there's any crossover from guys who are good around the green and have traditionally played well at Torrey. There is. So Jason Day, some success at Torrey. Third in strokes gained around the green his last 50 rounds. Brent Snedeker, first in strokes gained at Torrey. Obviously, you know, one of the head-scratching winners here. But fifth in strokes gained around the green. Tony Finau, we just mentioned, great history here. He's seventh in strokes gained around the green. Pretty good around the green player. So let's see who has some good around the green skills right now. Who have been recently playing well, um, and that are good around the green or, you know, up and down type guys. Obviously, Spieth, he doesn't have a good history here, but, you know, you would think if someone needs to be magical around the greens, Spieth would be someone to look at. Um, Matt Jones, potentially. Mackenzie Hughes pops, which is interesting because I think he had the lead at the, I want to say Mackenzie Hughes had the lead at the U.S. Open this year when he, when they played at Torrey. Um, I could be wrong there, but Mackenzie Hughes pops. Who else do we have? Christian Bezeden, who, who also plays long course as well, who also is decent in opportunities gained his last 24 rounds. This is going to be his first time here at Torrey, so that doesn't bode well. But maybe we look at Christian Bezeden, who Carlos Ortiz, good around the greens, fifth in opportunities gained. I do like Carlos Ortiz, like I already mentioned. All right, I think we hit on a good amount of players there from each salary range. Don't forget, as I mentioned at the top of the podcast, in the show notes, right? So when when you're looking at the description for this show on whatever podcast platform you listen to this show on, there's going to be a link to a Google form. There's a couple questions. When you hit enter, you are entered to win the Tory Pines swag. Nice shirts. A couple of shirts we'll be giving away here during 
the Farmers Insurance Open at Torrey Pines. Betting card will be out Tuesday since this tournament starts on Wednesday. Keep your eyes peeled for that on Twitter. I'll pin it as the top uh, tweet on my my feed. We'll have my outrights, the model top 10, some place bets, and you know some exotics or whatever I'm rolling with for the week. All right, guys. See ya.